Welcome to Business Beyond the Mic, where we join Carly Van Heerden, CEO and founder of We Edit Podcasts, and her guests as they step behind the mic and deep dive into the business of podcasting. What does it look like to create, launch, and sustain a successful show? How do you find the right guests? And how to successfully build and monetize a podcasting brand? They're uncovering how others got started, unpacking the challenges they faced along the way, the strategies they used, and discovering just how they did it. So you can too. This is Business Beyond the Mic. Together, let's uncover the art of podcasting. Hey everyone, and welcome to Business Beyond the Mic. I'm your host, Carly Van Heerden. Today on the show, we welcome Dr. Shayna Ali. Dr. Shayna is a mental health counselor, educator, and advocate who's passionate about destigmatizing mental health counseling and helping individuals worldwide recognize the importance of fostering mental wellness. She is the owner and operator of Integrated Counseling Solutions, LLC, a strengths-based clinic mental health and counseling practice located in Central Florida. Dr. Shana's passion for promoting mental health awareness and access inspired her to host the Mental Wellness Practice Podcast, where listeners can expand their mental health knowledge and gain practical strategies that empower them to cultivate mental well-being. She is also the creator of the best-selling self-love workbook and self-love series and has been featured in countless media outlets. Dr. Shayna has been honored with several awards and recognitions, including UCF's 30 Under 30 and Noble Knight's distinctions for her efforts in promoting mental wellness. During our conversation, we dig into Dr. Shayna's podcast story and why she believes that your podcast should be a reflection of your purpose and in alignment with how you are serving others. She also shares some of the biggest benefits from launching her show and how clients who are potential new clients can actually build those initial connections with her before even stepping into a session. From there, we dive into how our own high personal standards can act as a hindrance, and she reminds us to have an open mind and truly be flexible when it comes to your podcast journey. That flexibility can help you better serve your audience and gives you the freedom and direction to shape your content. This is such an inspiring conversation. So without further ado, let's get into it. Dr. Shayna, welcome to Business Beyond the Mic. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Well, it's been just a pleasure to dive into your story and I'm excited to share it with everybody. So why don't you start us off by just telling us a bit more about yourself, your business, your brand, and of course, your podcast. Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. So I'm Dr. Shana. I am a mental health counselor, educator, and advocate. I own the Mental Wellness Practice in Orlando, Florida, and I also host the Mental Wellness Practice podcast. I'm really passionate about helping others find accessible, knowledgeable mental health information to help support their journeys. And that started with my private practice, has branched off into a few books, including the best-selling self-love workbook. And most recently, the Mental Wellness Practice Podcast, which has been launched for about a year now. 
Yes, that's amazing. And I love that you've tied it all into what you do, your purpose, your personal journey, and just helping others. So you say that you've just recently, I mean, a year as well, so you're doing really well with your podcast. But what was that initial thought when you decided, okay, this is my next step. I've done the books. I've been in the media and the press. I've built my brand. Podcast is next for me. So really what that was, was kind of taking a step back and looking at my career, looking at how far I had come and where I wanted to go. So I started out in the field knowing that I wanted to be a mental health clinician. And then I realized that there were so many points of mental health education that if we had those resources, all of our mental health can look differently, right? Because even when we're in counseling or therapy, it's information that we're gathering. And maybe sometimes we can gather that information beyond the counseling couch, right? So that was what took me back to pursue my doctorate degree and then teach counseling courses. From there, I realized, well, everybody needs counseling information, not just people who are going to be counselors. That's where the books came from. And then flash forward, you probably guessed it. The podcast I see as a wonderful opportunity to create accessible information. So many of us are, I know I'm a big podcast listener. That's where I gain a lot of my information if I want to take a deep dive into it. So I was especially thinking about the folks who may be curious about therapy, but also maybe can't afford to and commit to weekly therapy sessions that it's not a replacement for, but a supplement for, especially if it makes it more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. And I know in many cases, it's even the wait times or to actually get access to somebody who you can sit down with and talk to. It can be a long process. So if you have that supplementation to kind of prepare you for it before you even go into session, that's amazing. So I, th- I just want to commend you on what you're providing to everyone. And yeah, podcasting makes it so great because it's basically free education and everybody can have access to it. So it's just wonderful. And I know everything is a journey. So even when you're writing books, when you're creating a business and especially a podcast. So was there any obstacles or fears that you had to overcome before launching the show? I love this question. It makes me think about like fears and obstacles and are they even the same? And I'm trying to not get off into a (laughs) philosophical realm, but I have to say I face more fears, which I see as like my personal internal obstacles than external obstacles. You know, I felt really supported once I knew I wanted to take the deep dive researching what was capable for me, what resources I had that felt accessible for me. It was really just, okay, I know I want to offer this information, but am I the right person to offer this information? Mm -hmm. What's the best format? Is it a shorter session? Is it just me? Is it an interview? Is it video? Is it audio? Is it on, you know, what platform is it launched on? A lot of those things was what would be the best thing for the person I have in mind? Because Mm -hmm. I was so connected to the idea of the listener as someone who just is hungry for this mental health information. And it's not their fault that they never got to learn it. And I think that's what keeps me connected to what I'm doing. But those fears definitely happened a lot in the beginning. And I think every season, like I'm currently between season three and four, Every season, I have a little bit of an uptick of that too, you know, a little bit of imposter syndrome of, okay, is this still important to do? Is this getting the messages across? Is this helping people? Yeah. 
But I love your perspective when you're absolutely focusing on that ideal audience member, that listener that's really looking for these answers. And it's a great way to shape what you're doing with the podcast. So that's just, yeah, that's the best advice right there. If you are podcasting from that why, from with that listener in mind, then you know you're on the right track. (laughs) So it helps you overcome anything that might be holding you back because you have a drive moving you forward. Absolutely. And I believe in having that meaningful connection in so many ways of my life. And it's something that I do integrate in my practice. So all my clients know it. Anyone who's ever read my book knows it. Anyone who's ever listened to the podcast can hear it. So that alignment's very important for me. If it were something that didn't match as much, I know for a lot of folks being able to widen their reach, especially monetization or their primary factors. And I respect that. And I could absolutely understand why. But if those were my primary factors, I probably would have quit a long time ago. Mm. Wow. That's powerful because it just shows you right there. It's not a means to an end. You know, it's that's what you're doing. And that's your focus. Now that you're a year in and you're three seasons deep, was there something that you wish you knew before you launched that could have helped you on this journey as a podcaster? Such a wonderful question. I think there are things I still wish I'd known now, but in terms of things that I've learned, I would spend so much time in preparation. Again, partially the downside of being so connected to that potential listener of, gosh, they really need this information. So I want to cover every single detail. And I think I wish I gave myself more permission to start at a basic level, to start with shorter episodes, to know that I don't have to cover everything in one episode. Mm -hmm. If there's a lot of popularity and there's questions coming from an episode, in some ways that's better than especially in the times that I was doing it by myself, because not all of my formats are interviews. Sometimes they're solo. I don't love listening to one person (laughs) speak for a long time. So it's also thinking about developmentally has the best way to give that information. So I wish I gave myself a little bit more permission in the beginning. That's like, yes, you have a lot that you want to say. It does not all need to be said about every topic in every episode. Yeah, absolutely. And it says something about the high standards that we set for yourself. I saw something that you posted the other day about like my brain every time I'm not doing things at warp speed and not getting it done. That is so true. We set these high standards for ourselves. It's not even for anybody else. And then you're disappointed if you don't do everything in the best that you can, which is great. I mean, I love putting out something that I'm proud of, but you are allowed to give yourself permission to, yeah, do shorter episodes, dig into one topic at a time and really atomize that big overarching content topic that you are talking about. So yeah, that's incredible advice. And I know obviously because you are covering so many topics and the guests that you're having on, what is your process for deciding who am I going to bring on? How is it going to resonate with my audience? And how do you align that with your why and what you're covering and to share with your listeners? Such a great question because I have to share that I went through a moment this past season because this past season, season three, was the first season that I introduced both interview format and video both at the same time. And I'm really glad that I did. And I think it's something I might keep around for a while. But I also noticed that, okay, I had this idea. I planned out the season theme, which in this past season, we're talking about all the different realms of wellness and how they affect mental wellness. But when I'm bringing on an expert, 
I might have this intention of, okay, you fit perfectly to talk about creative wellness, or you fit really well for physical wellness. And then just the nature of the conversation kind of shifts around. And this happened a lot last season. I was like, oh my gosh, I I asked this guest (laughs) to talk about this thing, but the nature of our natural conversation, it went into this other realm, which is so beneficial. And I don't want to ignore that. And also it doesn't fit what I intended. So that flexibility is something that I've been working on, let's say my whole life, but here it is cropping up again of, yes, I did plan it out to a T. And then also there were some really wonderful experts that I'm like, huh, maybe that's for next season. Maybe next season, instead of talking about wellness domains, we talk about specific strategies of self-care and wellness. And that's what I had to do, right? So like a learned lesson in the moment that I'm like, okay, guess we're going to have to roll with this. Is it still, it's like a nice problem. If the, if you yeah. know, so to speak, it's a, it's great. Okay. This is future content, yeah. but if you're so rigid, which, you know, we talk about those high standards that we set for ourselves is no, I asked 10 experts to do these 10 episodes. With me. It then, yeah. Wh- why, why does this even have to be 10 episodes? Right. Like, why? So, you know, kind of challenging myself on what I intend or what the goal or what the structure is and saying why. Very similar to the whole, I don't have to say everything in one episode. It's like, yeah, I care about who's listening, but also I can, can I do that in four different episodes, you know, breaking it in over time? So yeah, I've really had to practice some flexibility there. No, I love that. Flexibility is so key, especially if you are delivering information to your audience, to people who rely on being consistently there, showing up with what you've communicated. And if it's changed, you're the creator of all this stuff. So you are in charge of directing it in the right way. And that flexibility is so handy when it comes to that. So yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I know even with seasons and creating things like that, I'm not great with making choices. So seasons was not an option for me because I wouldn't even be able to decide how many episodes go in a season. So (laughs) free flow is better. So know yourself, you know, Uh that's the key. Know yourself and be flexible. Oh, but your podcast is incredible. And I love that you do the recap episodes after the season. And it's just a great way to package that information to your listeners. But what kind of other benefits have you seen from the podcast besides just being able to use it as a platform? What else has been cropping up for you? There are a few and three come to mind. So one, I'm an educator at the end of the day, right? And remember, I've been really tethered to the goal of wanting to make sure that the listener learns something that they may not have access to or may not even be learning in their counseling office, even if they're going in for therapy, right? So knowing that people are actually gaining what I was looking for, that's great. It's like, okay, full circle, check mark. Sometimes I have to stop and think, that's great. That's a benefit, right? Like I'm actually following through and I've gotten feedback that helps. Two, this kind of parallels my other resources, specifically my workbooks is yes, I created it for the individual who wants to fill that gap, but also there are lots of individuals like me who want to help others fill that gap, right? Other educators, other clinicians, other advocates. So hearing that people are not just using it at the individual level, but saying, you know, I have my girls night group and we get together and we talk about different topics and I share this with them. 
or someone sharing, oh, your episode on this was so helpful because I was able to refresh this topic before speaking to a class or someone saying, oh, my client, I let them listen to your episode before they prep for session. And then we could move that material more in session, right? So that was really helpful. The last one that I would mention is probably the most surprising benefit. It's the nature of my work, I guess, is that I'm not going to have my family and friends in my counseling office. It's actually really unethical, right? So they can't benefit from my work in that way. And I've been really, really surprised at how many people in my personal life have mentioned listening and how helpful it was to them. People that I thought were really close-minded to mental wellness shared like, oh, we've been listening at like some couples, even like aunts, uncles, cousins. I'm so awed by, oh my goodness, I didn't even think about you because I was thinking the average client. And I really appreciate that. That's something I like about a podcast. We never know who's really listening, right? I don't, you know, we have these fun, fancy stats on the back end of things, but you never know who's willing to listen to a podcast that may be a little bit more intimidated to go into a counseling office, take a class, fill in the blank. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That is, and at the same thing rings true for me. I remember reflecting back after the launch and all the feedback of people in my personal life saying, we loved your podcast. We've been enjoying the episodes. And I'm just like, wow, I didn't even think of you guys because yeah, you're not podcasters, <laughs> but it's so amazing. And I heard the term there, like your friends, your family, they're actually your early adopters of the podcast. And I <laughs> love that term because it's so true because it's your support network and they are going to stand by you. And it's such a great way for you to share with everybody in your life what you're actually doing. So yeah, I love that you bring that up. And yeah, it's a great way to honor them and thank them for being your support and just sticking by you all this time, which is great. So to talk about metrics, what kind of metrics do you look at when you are doing episodes and trying new things to see if it resonates with your audience? Okay, here's where like my mental health core comes out is I make sure that I do not look at metrics all the time. Let me say that really, really clearly. Going back to the aspect of like, I do want this to help. I do want this to grow and I have the nature, you know, you saw my post recently, I can become really too focused and then I'm losing sight of. So while I look at some of the general things like gender and age, which was another surprise, I was thinking that I was going to have a lot of Gen Z and millennials and actually my audience is older and I'm impressed and inspired by that. Really, I truly am. I look at some of these general things like, you know, where are you? So, you know, if you're located in my state, then I know you started listening through me. If you're located somewhere else, especially internationally, how did you find me? Right. And that's something that I always try to figure out. But I try to keep a little bit of a barrier for myself is I don't need to look at the metrics when I've already, for example, the zone that I'm in right now is I've just lost the last episode of season three, Mm -hmm. and I'm putting together some of the edits that I've already had from season four, because you heard my learned lesson there. (laughs) And I don't need to look at it right now, right? Because I'm not in active creation mode. So it's helpful for me personally to look at what episodes are doing best and why when I'm in that brainstorming phase, but also like if I have that goal and I'm committed to it, like this next season is about self-care skills, then I've already decided that, right? Mm -hmm. I've already inferred that from the past metrics, but kind of looking at it every day, I, I, same thing with any other like social platform stats. 
I don't think it's good for my mental health. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And again, knowing yourself, if you can use those stats and those metrics as a way to, you know, implement a plan of action and as something like a goal that you've set and you're working towards something strategically, that's great. But if it's affecting your thoughts about yourself and your podcast, then you should know that's not where you should be spending your time (laughs) and focusing on putting out great content instead. Yes. I do think that my favorite metric is seeing like which episode has been popular and why that's the one I'll always go back to because it's some of it is like, okay, I knew that that one, because it's so practical. And some of it is, wow, how, like, how did this one come out of nowhere? And it, you know, the, hunt and the adventure to figure out how did this one become so popular is interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And it's super directional. It gives you a path forward and yeah, it's actually a great tool to have in your tool belt. So I love that. Yeah. Well, Shayna, it's been so great to hear your podcasting story. And I'd love to just get into the quick fire four questions to, you know, have a little fun at the end of our episode. So the first one is how has podcasting changed the way you do business or life? It helps because it gives me a whole other opportunity to offer people as resources. One of the areas of my business is public speaking. And it's really hard if you're meeting me for the first time, especially if you're someone recommended you and I'm just, you're seeing just a website and something that's static. Hearing my personality is helpful. So that's one of the ways that it has helped me acquire additional business aspects that I would have never thought of before. A lot of times when there's someone who wants to hire me for a class, a workshop, what have you, they get to sample a little bit of who I am and how I help others. And that's been really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And as a podcaster, what are your top three tools or a non-negotiable investment that you use? So (laughs) I love my basic materials, right? And I think that because (laughs) I have my, my very visible mic and I love my headphones, I have not gone into expensive equipment. And I love that for me because I haven't gotten to a zone to say that my podcast is my primary source of income. Mm. So I'm kind of in that zone. And I say that when I get to levels in which maybe that happens, that maybe I'll get there at that time. Non-negotiables are actually more things that I can tangibly quantify, right? So I know that if I'm going to have someone on, it's going to be someone that's well-vetted, someone that I trust. That's a non-negotiable for me as an example. Absolutely. No, and it makes so much sense because it helps you be prepared. Mm -hmm. Switching gears here a bit, what were some of the biggest learning lessons or podcast fails that you've experienced? I don't know if I see any as a failure. And I think that part of that is who I am. Mm -hmm. I think that I try to work hard to make sure that I'm not too critical on myself Mm -hmm. in that way, because truthfully, if it helps one person that I checked off that goal. So being realistic and being aligned in that way is helpful. I think I've gotten distracted. You know, sometimes, you know, we mentioned some of those analytics. I think sometimes they'd be like, whoa, why? This is, it's like, you know, I was mentioning earlier people who are older than me. And I'm like, I didn't think that was happening. That's not been my followship since forever. How did that mm-hmm. happen? You know, I can get really distracted by that in trying to meet that need. There's that aspect as well. And then just the doubt, especially when I'm planning a season, there's so much energy and passion and commitment. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, I get, well, am I sure? Yeah, you're halfway through recording the season. You're sure, you know? (laughs) So so just making sure I don't get too much in my own way. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's very good advice. And then the last question, if time or money were not a factor, what would be next for your podcast? 
If money were not a factor and time were not a factor, what a glorious world we would live in. (laughs) I would. So I'm in my office right now. And I think I would try to find a way that it switches off from being wonderfully compatible for mental health counseling virtually to wonderfully compatible. So I have these beautiful windows over here that are wonderful for mental health counseling and they're not wonderful for podcasting. So if I could somehow snap my fingers and all the things fall down around me <laughs> that are soundproof and I have all the quality equipment and I have the team and I can, uh, you know, that all works well and it's the worthwhile investment and one doesn't have to take from the other. Oh, what a wonderful world I would be living in. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Just imagine that world. Yeah. Well, Dr. Shana, it has been incredible to have you on the show. You have shared so much incredible wisdom, and I know people will benefit so much from your story. And it's just been a joy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing with me and letting me share my story. Yes, absolutely. And everyone, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Business Beyond the Mic with your host, Carly Van Heerden. We love having you join us on this journey of uncovering the art of podcasting. If you found value in today's episode, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating or review and let us know what resonated with you or what didn't. Your feedback really helps us make this podcast the best that it can be. And be sure to connect with us across all our social platforms. Join us again next time as we step behind the mic with another amazing guest and dig even deeper to uncover the art of podcasting. Until then, see you next time. This is a We Edit Podcast production.